Yeah. Uh, good morning, Shkayach. <laughs> to everyone for coming to learn. There are sheets over there on the uh, on the on the Oman. <laughs> the beginning of Parshas Chayisara, of course, deals uh, primarily with Avram Avinu purchasing a burial plot on behalf of Sarah. And the Sefer writes in his Chuvis that just like Avram Avinu did not purchase a burial plot on behalf of Sarah until after she passed away, so too uh, every person should not uh, be engaged in purchasing a burial plot. Uh, during his own lifetime. As the Shem Seifer says, the general rule is that we do not preempt uh, difficult uh, parts of life, or certainly even, even uh, beyond life. So therefore, says the Shem Seifer, a person, just like Avram Avinu, should not be engaged in purchasing a burial plot. He didn't purchase it until after Sarah passed away, so to a person should not do it during his lifetime. However, even if the that observation is correct. The Avram Avinu clearly had planned already during Sarah's lifetime to bury her in Maras Hamachpela because the Pasuk tells us in last week's parsha that when Avram Avinu was preparing to entertain his three guests, Vela Boka Rotz Avram, Avram Avinu ran to get a calf which he was going to serve them. And the Medrash tells us why was he running after the calf, Vela Boka Rotz Avram, because the calf ran away and it ran to Maras Hamachpela. And Avram Avinu there saw uh, Adam and Chava buried in Maris HaMachpela, and he, um, he uh, ascertained, he decided at that time that this would be an appropriate burial place for himself and for Sarah, and he had planned always <coughs> to bury Sarah and himself in Maris HaMachpela. In fact, the Balatum writes, this is alluded in the Pasuk, V'yel HaBakar, HaBakar is Oisios HaKever, that Avram Avinu had always intended to be buried in Maris HaMachpela. Similarly, the Pasuk tells us in Parshat V'zayis HaBrocha, that Moshe Rabbeinu was buried in Gai Mul Beis Pa'ar, and Rashi quotes from the Medrash as well that this burial spot had been prepared for Moshe Rabbeinu already from Sheishis Yimei So we see perhaps, even if Avraminu didn't purchase Marichem Achpela during the lifetime of Sarah, he clearly already was planning uh, where they were going to be buried. And there was no other competition. He wasn't competing with anywhere else, anybody else for burial spots. So, but nowadays, if a person needs to plan ahead, so then perhaps one has to go even a step further and already purchase a burial plot during one's own lifetime. And the Medrash tells us, aside from the observation of some cipher with regards to Avram Avinu and his practice uh, in burying Sarah, the Medrash tells us in Parashas Vayikra that there is a, uh, it's appropriate for a person during his lifetime to prepare uh, a burial spot for himself, uh, and in fact, the Svarim tell us that this is a school of for Arichus Yomim. They asked of Chaim Kenievsky, what is the mocker for that? And he said, there's no mocker, but that's what people say. But if you would ask me, I think it's obvious why it's a school of for Arichus Yomim, because a person who's planning uh, for, you know, for the future, and he recognizes that this world is not a permanent existence, as the Mishnah tells us, he keeps in mind, may I am basa, he recognizes that we are only here temporarily and that we are, we, we, are, we are human beings. We're not going to live forever. So that itself enables a person to live a healthier, perhaps more happy, perhaps a more religious life. And that itself could be a skula for a riches yamin. But in terms of planning for the future and buying a burial plot, which is the common practice in our time, so uh, there have developed what it's, uh, because people are looking forward to the future, and the future actually is already now in the present. Um, in Eretz Yisrael now, it is recognized that there is going to be a grave crisis. 
because there are many Mason, the, you know, the citizens of Eretz Yisrael, and certainly those who are uh, sending Mason to Eretz Yisrael to be buried there. And uh, ultimately, Eretz Yisrael is only so big, with only so much real estate, and uh, certainly the Batek Forest, the ancient ones in Yerushalayim, already almost uh, at capacity. So uh, what is going to now be, where are we going to find the different places to bury uh, the, the, the Mason? Certainly we could open up other Batek Forests, but that is uh, real estate that could be used for other purposes uh, as well, and uh, that, that, uh, that raises um, uh, many, many issues, and therefore different solutions have been proposed, and I wanted to take the opportunity to discuss those different solutions which touch on very interesting halachic areas. So the Gemara tells us in Masech the Sanhedrin, Where is there an allusion to the mitzvah of Kuras Hames in the Torah? So the, Pasuk, the Gemara quotes from the Pasuk in Parashas Kiseitze with regards to Haruge Bezdin, that after they were killed, whether through Skilas, Sreifa, uh, Hereg, or Chenek, so they would be hung on a tree for that day. But the, Mishnah, the Pasuk says, You should not leave it hanging there till the morning. So there's an Easter to leave it hanging there till the morning, past the time of the, that day, and it has to be buried, another mitzvah to be buried that day. So that's with regards to uh, Haruge Bezdin. But Mikan Remez that is also a Remez for the Kfura of all Mesim. Even though the Pasik is really talking about Haruge Bezdin, the Gemara assumes from the double Lashon, Kikabar Tikbirenu, you shall certainly bury him, that this can include not only Haruge Bezdin, but Shar Mesim as well. From this line of the Gemara, it implies that the mitzvah of Kuras Hames is only a Din Midrabanon. Remez the Kfura Minatera Minayin. However, if you continue on in the Gemara, you don't necessarily get that impression. Where is there a mitzvah, a source for the mitzvah of kvura from the Torah? And here it doesn't say rem is the kvura. He says, where is the source for it? Which implies that perhaps it's a mitzvah. didn't know what to respond. So we're given over who's uh, representing the Jewish people or fools. How does he not know the source for the mitzvah? Kvura Samesti, Kikabar, it should have said the mitzvah. So the Gemara says, no, he didn't say that because Shvromalka uh, could have responded the Maybe all it means is he should be put into an Aaron and that's enough. How do you know that he has to be buried in the ground? So he's going to say, Tikberenu, lo mashmaleh. And the fact, well, that it says, Kikabar, Tikberenu, you're going to start making drushes, that the second word is coming to include something additional, that's not going to be compelling to Shformalka. So therefore, he didn't bother saying anything at all. So the Gemara says, well, why didn't he say, Vinayim amid the Ikbert Sadiki? Look at uh, Avram Avinu, buried Sarah. That's a good source of the mitzvah of Kfura Sameis. So Gemara says, no, that's not a great source either. Min Alma. That perhaps was just the Minigha Oilam and Avram Avinu continued that practice with regards to Sarah. So, but what about me? The Kabir Kadosh Baruch Hu Lamaisha. Kadosh Baruch Hu buried Maisha at the end of the parish of the Zaysa Bracha. No, that was also the Lol Lishtani Miminhag. And parenthetically, you see from here how critical it is to follow whatever the Minig is in terms of uh, delivering Kavit Ames to a person after he passes away. Even a Kadosh Baruch Hu was compelled to follow the Minig Amokum. And if the Minig was to bury in the ground, even if it wasn't a halacha per se, Kadosh Baruch Hu would have been compelled to bury Moshe Rabbeinu in the ground. So, therefore, it's not really a source that we can derive. Uh, for the mitzvah of Kvuras Hames. But what is the source for it? It's from the Apostle Kikabar Tikberenu Bayoimahu. Ah, Ravacha felt uncomfortable explaining that to Shvomalka, but that, was, uh, that is the source. But from this part of the Gemara, it implies 
that uh, that this is in fact a mitzvah midday rise. If you look in the Rambam at the end of Hilchas Avel and celebrated uh, halach of the Rambam, the Rambam writes mitzvah hashei shel devreim is a mitzvah midrabbonah to be mavaker chayelim and including that list of different gemilas chasadim that a person is obligated to do for others. The Rambam includes ulesasek bechol tzarchei akvura to be involved in all of the needs of akvuras hames. And the Rambam concludes afal pishu kol mitzvahs elu midrabbonah. Even though these are only midrabbonah because of the mitzvah of ahavtul reyach kamoicha. So the Orsameach says, it sounds like from the Rambam, that the mitzvah of Kuras Hames is only a dimid Rabbanan, as the Gemara began, Rem as a Kfurim in Ataraminayim. However, the Gemara continues. In Mesech the Sanhedrin, over here, three lines from the bottom of Ois Aleph. The Gemara is a Shiloh. What is the primary purpose of Kuras Hames? Clearly, there are two things that are accomplished. One is Bizyayna. For a person to be decomposing in the middle of the street is certainly embarrassing for him and embarrassing for the entire family. So he needs to be buried in the ground because of Bizoyon. There's also an element of Kapara, Vichiperad Masoyamoy, to be buried in the ground. There's a measure of Kapara, of, of uh, atonement that is received when a person is buried in the ground. Sigmar so asks, which one is the primary focus of the mitzvah of Kvura? Sigmar so says, what difference does it make? Sigmar so says, well, what if he uh, instructs his children not to bury him? Sigmar so says, if it's because of Bizoyonah, He's not in charge of the bizayon. He's not a balabas in the bizayon of the family. It's embarrassing for him, but it's also embarrassing for the whole family to have their relative decomposing in the middle of the street. And he's not in charge of that. He has no right to be meichel on that. But if it's for kapara, only for atonement, then he can be meichel. That's the Gemara Shiloh. That's what the Gemara is. How should we resolve that Shiloh? It's left unresolved. So the Rambam Paskins in Perek Yudbeis of Hilchasav over here, Ois Gimel, that if a person instructs his children not to bury him, we do not listen to him. As the Pasuk says, Ki kabar Sounds like from here in the Ramam there is a mitzvah to be buried in the ground. And that's why we don't listen to the mace, uh, to the niftar, when he instructs his children not to bury him. And in fact, the Radvaz writes, Why did he paskin that the purpose of the mitzvah of Kura is bizyayna? The primary, of course, both are accomplished, but the primary uh, function of the mitzvah of Kfur is bizayon, and therefore a person can't instruct his children not to bury him. The Radvaz says, because we're dealing here with a mitzvah midairaisa, and suffolk dairaisa lechumra. Or the Lechem Mishnah suggests somewhat differently, that perhaps the whole suffolk was only in that opinion in the Gemara that Kfur is the Rabbanan, but the second uh, version of the Gemara, which implied that Kfur is Dairaisa, of course, there would be no suffix. It's a mitzvah, and you cannot instruct your children to violate a mitzvah in the Torah. So according to the Radvaz, and according to the Lecha Mishnah, and that's the simple reading of the Rambam, that there is a mitzvah of Kfur as Hames, Midairaisa. And the Rambam himself says so. In the Sefer HaMitzvah, Mitzvah HaSei Reish Lamed Aleph, says the Rambam, it's a mitzvah Midairaisa to bury not only Haruge Beisdin, but all Mesim. And that's why if a person has no relatives who are going to bury him, he's referred to as a mace mitzvah, because the mitzvah is now incumbent upon the entire community to bury him. So it's clearly a mitzvah, midirais, according to the Rambam, to bury mason. However, what about that previous statement of the Rambam, that it's only a mitzvah, midirabonan, lisasik b'chol tzarchei akvura? So the achreinim, on the Sefer mitzvahs of the Rambam, explain that uh, that's different. That's not exactly what the Rambam is discussing later on. The Rambam feels it's a mitzvah midairaisa incumbent upon the relatives and the family to bury him. And in fact, that's the halacha, is that the expenses for the kfura should come from the estate and the yarshim have to pay for it to the extent you know, of the money that they received in the estate. To go beyond that, they're not obligated, but at least the money that's contained within the estate, first and foremost, has to be uh, allotted 
to pay for the kvur of the of the of the parent or of the relative. Where is the Indian of kapara? I'm going to go back to it. Ah, okay. But what, the Indian of kapara is when a person is buried in the ground that serves as an atonement. Where does it come where, from? That, That's the pasuk that uh, the ground should. Uh, should uh, serve as an atonement for you. But we're going to explain why. We're going to get to that. The heebie-jeebies of it, if that's what you're concerned, we'll get to it. It's Halloween, of course. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. So the, the Mepharshim explained that according to the Rambam, the real mitzvah, midday rice, is incumbent upon the relatives. The fact that it extends to the rest of the community, that there's a mitzvah to go to a levaya of someone who's not your relative, to be involved in uh, shoveling the dirt and to help them in terms of furas hames, that's their abanon. That's not a mitzvah midiraisa. And if you look in the Rambam, when he said it's only mitzvah midirabani, he says, To be involved in kvura, which has nothing to do with you, that's only mitzvah midirabani. But to bury a person's relatives, that is in fact a mitzvah midiraisa. Other achreinim, <coughs> excuse me, on the Rambam. <coughs> no, it's a mitzvah, because when Shfromalka asked, he said, What's the source for kvura minatayra? No one said anything about any remez. And so that implies that we're dealing with a mitzvah midiraisa. There might have been two shyness in the Gemara. One held it was a remez, a derabana, one held it was a deraisa. We pass and it's a deraisa, clearly. <clears throat> the other Mepharshim and the Rambam suggest that perhaps to be buried in an aroin, uh, that is a din midiraisa, that the mason would be decomposing in the middle of the street. But to be buried in the ground, that's only a mitzvah midirabanan. That, you don't see an indication in the language of the Rambam. But per, uh, one could make that suggestion, and there are many Achreinim uh, who do. That would clearly not be acceptable according to the Ramban. The Ramban... What does the word Kavar mean? No, clearly Midrabanan, you have to be buried in the ground. That part might only be Midrabanan. But to be buried, to be buried, if a, if a father says, I want to leave me decomposing in the backyard, don't touch me. So that we can't listen to you. We have to, because that's bizarre of the family. But to be buried in the ground, maybe that's only Durban. You don't see it anywhere in the language of the Rambam, so I don't find it compelling, to be honest with you. But that it would clearly not be, I think the standard Achorinim on the Sefer HaMitzvah say what I think is highly compelling, which is that the Mitzvah Midar is on the family. For others, it's only Mitzvah Midar but the, that, whatever they suggested, that he buried in the ground, maybe it's only the Rabbanon. Clearly, it's a mitzvah, but only the Rabbanon. That is not acceptable, according to the Ramban. The Ramban is medayik in the language of the Gemara. The Gemara, when it was uh, explaining why Rav Ahama did not respond to Shvormalka, the Gemara said, why didn't he tell him the Pasa Kikabar? The Gemara says, because that might have only implied, put him in an urn and that's enough. Clearly then, which is wrong, which is incorrect, so clearly then it's not enough to just be placed in an urn on top of the ground in a Beisach forest. Clearly, the urn has to be placed in the ground. So says the Ramban, over here in the Torah, Sa'adam, I say, You take a, a mace, put him in an urn, and place him in a Beisach forest, that's not Kfura. That is in fact a violation of Loisolin. So clearly the Ramban holds this is not just an obligation with the Rabbanon. If you don't do it, you violated leaving the maze over beyond you know, the time of expiration. It has to be buried in the ground in a timely fashion, and this is not considered to be buried. Why, why does there be buried the same day? Pasuk in the Torah, What if it will be a greater cover to the maze if we'll wait a few days till his relatives can arrive? Okay, so then we're delaying it for a good purpose. Maybe that's, that's uh, sufficient grounds. Yes, that would override. We pass, and of course, would override the Mizvah What if we're waiting for Fashtink and a cousin to come from Indiana? Okay, that's not enough, you know. has to be that it's worthwhile. 
But um, the Ramban says clearly, though, just to put him in an arm and place him based on forest, that's not good enough, it has to be buried in the ground. Then the Ramban continues, yeah? Makes mitzvah. Yes. Of course it is. We said for the Rambam, the mitzvah deraisa might only be on the relatives. If there are no relatives, the mitzvah deraisa transfers to everybody. But if there are relatives, I still have a mitzvah derabbanon to go and marry Yenem's mace. Yes. So says the Ramban, excellent. Vim osa aron bekavur bekarka eno over olaf. Says the Ramban, you might think if I put him in an aron and then put him in the ground, that's not good enough. No, that's okay, says the Ramban. Vi'afal pikrein, yafuhu bekavur ba'aretz. Says the Ramban, it's preferable to be buried directly in the ground without an aron. Dikvuras eretz mamish mitzvah. Being buried in the ground itself is preferable. Kitzavosa derebi. Because Yushalmi says, Mesechtis kilayim. That when Rebbe was being bad before he passed away, he was mitzavah, uh, his uh, children, to be buried in an aron, but to place holes in the bottom of the aron, so he should be attached to the ground. And the, the Ran continues, of course, from the school of the Ramban, as well. Not that you have to be buried directly in the ground, to imply, not to be implied if you use an R and you place in the ground that that's not good enough. Why do you have to be buried in the ground? That is considered placing it away. They used to bury in the ground. They used an aron and placed the aron in the ground. That is a historical practice. There are some who have suggested the aron is a new uh, fangled uh, suggestion. Of course, that is clearly not the case. The Rishonim are already discussing it. They claim it was discussed already at the time of Rebbe. They were buried in an aron. But because the Pasuk says in Parashat Bereshish, you came from the Afar, and therefore you should go back to the Afar. So therefore it's preferable to be buried directly in the ground. That itself is a refua to the Niftar. This week's parish has a fantastic explanation. He says because a person is given a clump of dirt, which he's formed from, to be metaherit and not to perform averis with it. And if we perform averis with it, in a certain sense, we're stealing the ground from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So after a person passes away, he should be returned to the Rebbein Shalom like HaShavah Sagzela. Okay. So a person, Mina Ofer Ata, Yela Ofer Toshuv, it's preferable to be buried directly in the ground. So says the Ramban, being buried in an Oren, certainly not good enough. If you did so, be lo sullen. If the Oren is placed in the ground, that would fulfill the mitzvah of Pura Midoy Raisa and Midra Banan. Preferable is to be buried uh, directly in the ground without an Oren. And that is what's quoted in the Shulchan Aruch, and therefore the show that practice in Eretz Yisrael, we all know, is to bury directly in the ground. In the United States, I believe that that's illegal. illegal. It's, illegal. it's illegal. So, we all know what goes on. But there are some places where they drill holes in the bottom of the Oren in order to fulfill. Kitzavosa de Rebbe, that was what Rebbe recommended. We all know. We all know. I don't like having it done. It's a person of power's inspiration. Not really. Uh, it's very clear. It's not. Yeah, but it's not really a um, uh, instructive. Um, it's a curse of Adam Arishin. doesn't appear in Shofar Aruch either. So it's not really. Then it should be a halacha b'zeis apechat tochalechem. 
to be honest with you, though, the Rambam never mentions that it's even B'dyeved uh, to be buried, you know, like, or that it's Yafa to be buried directly in the Karka. Because the Rambam mentions being buried in an Oren, and the Rambam doesn't seem to have any problem with that. The Rambam writes in Perik Dad of Hilchah that they were buried in an Oren Shal Eitz, and the Rambam doesn't seem to have a problem. They never mentions that it's best to be buried directly in the ground. Perhaps it's even L'Chadchilo to be buried in an Oren, even without holes in the bottom. The Rambam also mentions, <coughs> which is very important here, that they used to bury, even though places where they buried in an urn, which let's just review, a person clearly fulfills the mitzvah of Kuras Hames, even without any holes, even if he's not buried directly in the ground. The Ramban said it's best to be buried directly in the ground than offer Ata. The Ramam says that you don't even have to do that. Buried directly in an urn is Mohudar. But says the, Ram, the Rambam that they used to use Dafkan Oran Shal Eitz. A wooden oren, and this is uh, found already in the Medrash and Parshas Bereishis on the pasuk VeYischavei Adam VeIshto Besoich Eitz Hagan. Adam and his wife hid amongst the trees of Gan Eden. The Medrash says that this is an allusion to the fact that in the future Klalisa will be buried Davkin Arayinus of Eitz. It sounds like that one should not use an oren of Mateches, even though metal Arayinus, which was clearly not the minig. Even though an oren of Mateches is karkamamish, metal is. Uh, is mined from the ground. So it's literally karka. And the Yushalmi says, if a person is buried, and it's a Yushalmi, says if you're buried in an Oren of Mateches, sounds like it's considered to be kvura. Just being even in the Oren of Mateches itself is like a kvura. However, that is clearly uh, not the minig. Why is that not the minig? So I believe that this is a, uh, that the reason is the following, and it's found already in Paiskim, and it's critical for what we're about to discuss. And that is because the mitzvah is not only to be buried in the karka. Mateches is karka. The mitzvah has been defined as mina afar ata viala afar toshuv. A person was created from the dirt and therefore should be returned to the dirt. And even though metal has the status of karka as, uh, as earth, it's not dirt. As opposed to an urn of eights that will decompose all, you know, sooner than metal, never going to decompose will decompose in a somewhat, you know, short time span, and therefore, relatively, and therefore can be considered mina afar ata viala afar tashuv. That seems to be why we had the minute to always bury in an urn of eights. Because it's not enough to be buried in the ground, you have to be buried really, uh, ideally, in the offer. As the Ramban told us in Shulchan Aruch, Lechachila, it's best to be buried without even an urn, directly in the dirt. So therefore also, even those who buried in an urn, Davka used an urn of eights. If you'll be buried in an urn of Mateches, would you fulfill the mitzvah of Kuras Hames? Probably. And there are some Paiskim who say, since there's no mocker to say it's not a problem, it can be allowed. However, that is clearly, that is not the minig. Okay? So now time, since everybody has to be buried in the ground, directly in the ground. So we're going to have a problem. If we're planning for the future with an eye towards the future, where, where are we going to have places for everybody to be buried uh, in the base, uh, in the Baltic forest that currently uh, exists within Eretz Israel? So this problem of a grave crisis is not a you know, recent uh, development. It's something that dates back already almost a thousand years because the Jews were always limited to certain neighborhoods where they were allowed to live and where they were allowed to bury their mason. And the government was not about to give them new uh, places to begin a Beisach forest. So this issue is already uh, dealt with by Rishonim and uh, by the Achreinim, and they had a different uh, suggestion, which has also been suggested in our times as well, and that is to bury one mace on top of the other. Because the tour over here, Isaiah, quotes from the Bryce of the Ovar Abbasi, that one is not allowed to bury two mace in Zeh 
Unless it was a wall or some separation between them. As long as every person is in their own kever. And ain't notion stay One is not allowed to put two arainas, one on top of the other. As long as there's a, not a separation of shisha tvachim. But if there is six tvachim of dirt between the two amesim, one can bury them one on top of the other. That's the version of the brysa that the tour had. One on top of the other, if there's six tvachim between them, then it could be allowed. There is another version of this brysa, look over here, that it's enough if there's three uh, tvachim in between them. So Beis Yosef claims uh, that uh, it doesn't know what to do with this other version of the Bryce. Some claim it's a total sofer. The most obvious explanation is already uh, found in the Bach and uh, many Achreinim later on. And that is because uh, the tour goes on to quote from Rav Haigoyen, why do you need six Tvachim between each one of the Mesim? Because each Mace is entitled to have three Tvachim of dirt on top of him Three tvachim of dirt below him. In order to be buried in the ground, you don't have to be six feet uh, under. We bury very deep in the ground. That is not necessary for the mitzvah of Purus Hames. It would be enough if you had three tvachim of dirt on top, three tvachim of dirt below. And that's what every person is entitled to. So if you want to bury one mace on top of another, as long as you have six tvachim between them, that's enough. What about the other prizes that says three? That means three for each mace. Doesn't mean that it's enough for the separation of three tvachim. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. We'll get to your point in one second. Give me point one second. That's in between on top, one on top of the other. What about the Jason, one next to the other? So the the Bryce has said, as long as there's a Dyphon Kever Mafsik. A Dyphon Kever Mafsik, as long as there's some separation between them. So the Mishnah tells us in Mesekhlis Baba Basra in antiquity they used to bury Tarz and Mishnayas in Kuchem, in uh, vaults, in uh, caves, in underneath the ground. So the Mishnah discusses uh, you know, the rules of contracting. If a person contracts you to build a Kuchen for him, to build a, a system of, uh, of uh, catacombs, so how many graves is he entitled to? That's what was discussed in the Mishnah. So the Mishnah says that the, the first Tanakhama's opinion is he's entitled to as many you know, kuchem, slots as you can get, as long as there is an ama, again, six tvachim, between the kever, not only one on top of the other, but one next to the other as well. Shimi Gamliel disagrees, and he says, I call the fiasella, as long as it's not going to fall down, it's fine. One on top of the other has to be six tvachim, one next to the other is as long as it's not going to fall down. So if you look, and the Shulchan Aruch over here, Oisid Aleph, flip the page. Shulchan Aruch says, "Ain koivrim beis meisim zebitzad zeh, or imkain haydoifen kever mafzik beinem." Unless there is a break, some separation between them. There's a machlekes in the paiskim. Does he mean to paskin like Rav Shimon Gamliel? As long as it's not going to fall down, there's no minimum distance that has to separate between the two forests. Um, or perhaps he means it's six tefachim because later on the Shulchan Aruch goes on a noise the beis are very noise. Zeh can't put one on top of the other. Vim yesh beinem offer shisha tefachim muter. But if there's six tefachim between them, one on top of the other, then it's permitted. So does that mean to go back on the first halacha as well, or that's only one on top of the other? So the Gra claims next to each other is enough if they're not going to cave into each other. However, Bekiva Eger quotes other achrayim even next to each other, you're entitled to three tefachim on all four sides, on top, below, and uh, to the right and to the left. However, certainly one on top of the other should be a distance of, uh, of six tvachim. Rebbe Kiva Eger quotes in the Sefer Chsidim 
that if you have, let's say, uh, you have a hard rock, a piece of uh, cement or something in between the kvaris, maybe one can get away with less. Maybe, uh, look, one price has said three tvachim. Maybe if you have a hard thing, you know one is not going to collapse into the other, even less than that. Ramesha rejects all of these suggestions, as do many of the later paiskim, that uh, no, it has to be three tvachim. It's not negotiable, six tvachim. Three tvachim for each mace, six tvachim between each one of the, uh, the mason. Because of that, the Bach writes over here, Oisyut Beis. The Bach lived in the 1600s in Krakow. So as he says, Uvekan, I think he's buried there, no? Uvekan, Kehilas Kodesh Krakow. He says, Da Kvarois Huber Reichov, Hayahudim, the Evshgonosa Chutzlerachov, Mepnea Sakana, Vinismali Beis Akvaris. He says, It's already full. So what did they do in Krakow? And this was the practice in Prague and in Pressburg as well. They had to add dirt and they buried Mason, Malgabi Mason. It makes a mess of the Matzevus, but that was what was done. In our places, you wouldn't even have to do that. We bury so deep, you wouldn't have to, to get six Tvachim of dirt, you know, whatever, this much. You wouldn't. Is there a time period that a kever is a kever and it's about No, no. If there are still something there, if, if there's nothing there, if there's nothing gone, I mean, it's all gone, then it's, uh, you know, offer to be offer Tashu. But until that happens, I don't know how long that takes, but until there's mamish, nothing left, that could be, that could be uh, millennia. Yeah, no, not, 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 not that short. So the Bach says that they were burying, though, without a break of six Tvachim between them. He says, so He says, That's wrong. Says they're doing the wrong thing. There has to be six tefachim there. However, because of the difficulty of the situation they had, so the shach says, look back at the Oisirao from the brackets. The shach says, Even if you can't have six tefachim, what are you going to do? What's the, they had no other option. They lived in a town. There was one place that was permitted for a Jewish cemetery. What is the other option? So it would be best if they could dig down further and make six tefachim between. But what if they don't have? They can't do that. There's, there's just no place. So it says the shach. So you have to bury in the ground. Ah, what are we going to do? Leave the guy in the middle of the street? We can't do that. So better to be buried in the ground. And the Pisgah Tshuva quotes from the Tshuva, the Shush Yaakov. He says, Shekosav al-Dabar al-Chakas ha-Mesim, Avshadim Pashatum Mevua Betur, Shashir al-Chakas ha-Mesim, Be'nzel ha-Zeh u-Shisha Tvachim, Mikom ha-Kom Pai Chazim, Ha'em ha-Davar, Shekoivim Zeh Tzelzeh. They're doing this. Even though it's incorrect, because they have no other place. It's not in our control to make a new base Hakvaris. So it says the Shvus Yaakov, that's why they were Mako, even without the separation of six Tvachim. But it sounds like if there's a Shia of six Tvachim, it is in fact a Lechadchila, and it's not only, but the evidence Mutter and Lechadchila, and that was the way it was assumed by the Paiskim, that's what appears in Shulchan Aruch. If Ramaisha has a chuva about this, and he notes that the Rambam, it's a difficult reading of the Rambam, but look back at Ois Yud, the Rambam says, Ain't kaiver mace, I'll got mace. You can't bury one bird on the top of another. Well, shnei meisim ke'echad shebi zoyinu. Ad kan loshon Rambam. Can't bury one on top of the other. So zok the kesef mishnah, by the way, the tour says, that's only if there's not six tvachim between them. The Rambam never said that. So it says Ramesha, maybe the Rambam holds, even if there's a million tvachim between them, it's just wrong to bury one on top of the other in all circumstances. I don't know why you would assume that way in the Rambam. He would be the only person, who, the only reason who would be saying such a thing. 
But Ramaisha even himself abandons this later, and he doesn't, in the sequel of the tshuva, he doesn't mention this, this part of the Ramam. But he suggests this, it looms there in the background. I'm sure if someone's going to protest in one of these things, this will be part of the protest, is the fact that the Rambam never mentions the there. Meaning literally, without any break. Yeah, also the Rambam puts it together with burying next to each other in another place, which clearly you're allowed to bury Mason next to each other at some point, otherwise you can only bury one Mason in the world. So, uh, so I'm saying there must be some separation which is sufficient. So that's what many disagree with this Ramesha, but uh, it's out there in the you know, halachosphere. Anyway, so, but by the way, what emerges is something which I don't think most people realize, which is that this can be done without the permission of the family. So one possibility is bury Mason Agabi Mason. That was, was done in all these communities. They did not ask the permission of the person who was buried there already because he might no longer be here and he might have no more family here. And they weren't obligated to do that. When a person buys a kever, all he gets is a place to be buried with three tvachim of dirt on top, three tvachim of dirt below, and on the sides. You do not own that piece of real estate and the air rights. That's not part of what you own. You own the right to be buried there. And you don't have to ask Rishus to bury Mason on top. We could add dirt and decide later on to bury Mason on top. So this suggestion was raised and endorsed by many because it seems, uh, because it seems like that that's the, the, the this is the, you know, halachically, acceptable way, based on what it says in Shulchan to bury a mace, a gabi mace, and perhaps that's what they should start doing in Eretz Yisrael as well. There were those who suggested this. El Yashiv, as a Chuvah in the Kaifetz Chuvah, he says, in Chutzlaris, they had to do this. They weren't in charge of allotting the different uh, sections where Jews could be buried. But in Eretz Yisrael, he says, we're going to start doing this? We can make a new Beisach first. Okay, so he won't be buried on the har where he wants, near the city that he wants, but to start burying Mason, Agabi Mason, like they did in Chutzarts, when they were in Gullahs, Rav Sha- uh, Rabbi Yashif thought was not acceptable and should not be what is uh, the option that's pursued. So because of that, and families are not going to be happy about this with the, with the confusion with Matzavis and different things. So the uh, other suggestions that have been raised is to begin building a cement, uh, like building, like a parking garage, putting dirt on top on each level and burying in that dirt in the columns in order to make people happy, they have, uh, it's, a, it's a shell, cement shell with dirt in the middle, connecting it to the ground, the kind of like hashaka from Mikvos, if you're familiar with that term. So it's connected to the dirt of the ground, even if it's not literally within the dirt. No, no. The other option is to create a cement buildings, which are solid, and make kuchim and make uh, slots inside of them. They have both options. Correct. Many do. Petach Tikva is the most uh, famous one. Harmanuchas has it. So they buried cement levels one on top of the other, or cement buildings where they then um, bury in uh, different slots. Yeah, well, that's a third possibility, which we'll get to at the end, okay? So those are the two possibilities which have been suggested. So the Gemara tells us in Mesechta Sanhedrin, A person who sets aside a place for his father to be buried, means he dug, a place for his father to be buried, and he got buried somewhere else, he shouldn't be, no one should be buried here, because it's also Ba'anah, since it was set aside for this mesa. Mesa is also Ba'anah, and all that is connected to it. So this Kfura, this uh, Kever, was, is also Ba'anah. So Gemara says, how could it be also Ba'anah? It's attached to the ground. That which is attached to the ground cannot become also Ba'anah, or that which is ground itself. Hachobamai has Kenan, Bekever Binyan. 
It was something that was built on top of the ground, not in the ground. Woo! So you see from here, they used to bury in the times of the Gemara in a binyan, in a building. And in fact, look at Rashi. Rashi says, It was built on top of the ground. Oh! So many say, you see from here, uh, a makar for that which has been suggested. This is clearly not sufficient. And I'll explain to you why. The first is, because Rashi himself said, a blot earlier, that there's a kapara to be buried in the ground. We weren't sure if that's the primary focus of the mitzvah of Kura or an ancillary focus. But clearly as part of the mitzvah of Kura is a kapara and atonement. Look back at Rashi, Ois Aleph. Rashi says, to be where does the kapara being buried in the ground? Ki in this enclosure, in this sealing off, they put you deep into the ground. That is, uh, that is humiliating. That is humbling. That is the kapara of being buried in the ground. Similarly, look at the Ran. If we remember, we quoted the Ran, Oishei. The Ran says, In the bowels of the earth. This is humiliating or humbling. When he's alive, he's on top of the world. And now he's passed away, like buried in the ground, like all of the other Balechaim. So that is the kapara element that's contained within being buried in the ground. So clearly Rashi cannot over here be talking about someone who's buried. You have to take an elevator to go to bury him in a kever binyan. What then does the Gemara mean? It's a kever binyan, a building? So the, the Yad Ramah, the Rosh, the Ramban all explain something we're very familiar with. And that is in Eretz Yisrael, they bury in the ground, but on top they build what looks like a small a structure to serve as a, as a tzion, as a reminder that this person is buried here. There's some places, if you're a rabbi, you get an oil. But all of that is not because they're buried in the oil. They're buried underneath the ground. This is built on top. That is what is being referred to as a kever binyan. That was already a practice in the times of the Gemara. So if you look at the Yad Ramah, the Yad Ramah says, Bekever binyan shechotzav, kever bekarka. First of all, the Gemara says they dug a kever. How could it be dug a kever to build a building? What it means is they dug a kever to bury him there and then built a building on top. They built a building on top to serve as its seeing. But that is all that is meant. So this cannot serve as a precedent for burying uh, above the ground. However, what needs to be mentioned, of course, is that cement is made out of karka. It's made out of minerals or um, elements that grow or mine from the ground. So cement itself is karka. At the same time, there are many Paiskim who have rejected uh, this as being considered to be binyan, kvura bekarka, because as we said already, it's not enough to be buried in something that is the ground. You have to be buried in Afar. Kimina Afar Ata, Vela Afar Tashuv. So this is the equivalent of being buried in metal. So therefore, it's only considered to be Kfura if it's Kfura Ba'afar. So that's why the others have tried to attach it with a Hashaka. You know. What's Afar? Is Evan Afar? No. Afar is dirt. From here, it's all Evan. Huh? In Haritamir, it's all Evan. It's all rock, solid rock. What, it's not sandy? No, it's not at all. Below. There's no dirt, dust? Really? And you have big Your shoes don't get dusty if you walk there? No, dusty from this. The whole area of the shoes get dusty. There's dirt. It's not only rock. It would be solid rock. You couldn't bury it. Did you need it? I don't know from this. But it's supposed to be men offer, 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 offer,
So if it's rock is different. Rock might be ground mamish. That might be better than the metal. No, that's better. Rock kind of offer. Rock kind of offer, probably. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but metal is not the same. You're right. You're right. No, it's not the same as metal or cement. But um, so there are those who try to make them happy by putting dirt on top of the cement or by, um, or by, uh, or by making the, the, this hashaka with the cement. However, Rabbi Yashiv already has a tshuva in the Kaivish tshuva. This is already going back. Uh, he has a tshuva in the 80s. But there are tshuvas even, uh, even before this about this kind of burial system. And Rabbi Yashiv said, even if it is considered to be, as we said, maybe Kvura Bakarka, that those who claimed it's not Kvura Bakarka, that's Rabbi Shaul Yisraeli, who was the Rosh Hashiv America's Arav, has in his tshuva, Chavis Ben Yomin, says uh, Israel Alonis Hameis, and it's not even considered to be Kvura Bakarka. Rabbi Yashiv doesn't say that. Rabbi Yashiv says, it's not the full Kapara, as we said, the full Kapara is achieved, and you're buried deep in the ground. And he says, the Shinoi from the Minig, as we begin with, we didn't derive the mitzvah of Kuris Hames from Arvon bearing Sarah because you always have to do whatever is the Minig Hamokor in terms of uh, delivering Kavod Hames to the Niftar. So this is not considered to be the Minig Hamokor. This was never the Minig. So people are going to view this as something new and it's a less Bekavodik than the other uh, option that was done in the past. And therefore it's a Shinoi of the Minig and it's uh, Rebbe Yashiv uh, rejects it as do as, as Rav Osner and others. There are those that have claimed as well that this is only with regards to the kvura of the, the levels. To be buried in a vault in a cement block, that's no different than the mausoleum, which Ramesha has a well-known tshuva about, which Ramesha rejects, where the one cannot be buried in a mausoleum, and that was never accepted amongst religious Jews, was to be buried in a mausoleum, which, is, if you don't know what that is, it's a cement building with, a, uh, with slots, and they put a piece of marble on the outside with the matzeva. So Ramesha has a truth that that's not acceptable. Even though at the end he acknowledges that it's cement and cement is karka and therefore it's perhaps considered to be kfura bakarka and there's no isa of halonas hames. Ramesha says to be buried in a building is fascinating concern. The building could fall down. He says you want to be buried in something that's a permanent resting place, not something that could fall down. How long are these buildings going to last for? Or what if in Eretz Yisrael we have to discuss? Uh, we don't want to atif tachpeh, but there could be a terrorist attack. What's going to be the mess that will emerge if uh, one of these things gets attacked? So Ramayisha claims we have to be concerned with that. So he said, doesn't say that it's not considered to be kfur bakarka. Maybe it is considered to be kfur bakarka. The Yavid might be okay. But Ramayisha said it was never accepted as the meaning amongst religious Jews, and you have to be concerned with his building falling down. What do they do with Yosef? Oh, good question. Good question. Good question. I don't know the time. Yosef was a tzaddik, a whole different story. But the uh, Rebbe Vadya has a tshuva in the Abiyah Omer where he was asked about this in the 60s, about Argentina wanted to make a kind of, uh, this, this kind of uh, vault system out of a, a, a building of cement. Rebbe Vadya approved of it as long as they put dirt on the bottom of it. That's considered to be for Bakarka because cement is karka. And as long as you have offer underneath the mace, that satisfies Kimina offer Ata, Vela offer Toshuv, and apparently it's been accepted by Mordechai Leo as well. And that is the Psak of the Rabbanut, is to uh, the, the uh, chief, you know, the, the rabbi's office, that to accept the Binyan, the, uh, b- the Kvura on uh, different uh, floors, like the, the parking garage, even though they, I don't think they have a Psak about the, the slots, you know, the, the, the Kuchim, but Rabbi Vadi has a Tshuva already in the 60s that he permitted it as long as there's dirt underneath it, and that's perhaps what they're relying on. However, because of the halachic conundrum a little bit that exists with regards to this, and it's just not popular 
People don't like it. Apparently, one person said, you know, called it, you're going to bury me in a bathtub. And then another person said, you put me in a wall, I'll put you in a wall. People are not happy about these things. So because of that, different solutions have emerged. And what I think is the best solution is now on the table, they're already doing it, is that they're digging out caves underneath the ground. And they're going to bury in Kuchem like they did in the time of the Gemara and the times of the Mishnah. That's already underway. It's going to be ready soon enough. And uh, that, that, I think, is going to be kosher if it's done properly. Will be kosher. The holidays is the best solution, and that's where they're moving in that direction. Anyway. They, oh, you haven't seen it? Oh my, it's ginormous! It's a miles deep. It was a, they're calling it the city of the dead. They're digging out. 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 They're digging